Amen. All right, this evening, we're going to take off from where we stopped on Sunday. This morning, I was just reflecting on our services on Wednesday. And it occurred to me, we are really privileged as a church that we have a service on Wednesdays where we have the opportunity to, you know, ask questions concerning what was preached. In not all denominations, you have that opportunity to ask questions in a large forum such as this. But we all know on Wednesdays, it's very interactive. It's an opportunity for us to ask questions if there are any areas you really did not understand on Sunday. And so, I'm going to start off by really doing a, a recap as much as I can on what we learned on Sunday. And after that, we're just going to see if we have questions and we'll try to dive in into that much deeper. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Now, on Sunday, we dealt with destiny is calling, right? Was that what we spoke about? Destiny is calling or destiny calls? Destiny calls. Praise the Lord. And so, if you have questions in your heart, just Please prepare them. We're going to go into questions and try to see as much as we as we go, as many as we can answer. Praise the Lord. Now, let's start with the text for Sunday, which was Psalms chapter 73 and verse 24, the New Living Translation. Psalms chapter 73 and verse 24. I'll ask that we please read the text together so that we'll start off together. Psalms number 73 verse 24. It's written... It's on the screen there, the New Living Translation. Let's all read together. And it says, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Let's do that one more time. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Praise the Lord. Now on Sunday, the senior pastor started off destiny calls. And we got to see that really not so many times in this era that we talk about the word destiny. Apart from you bump, you bump into someone whose name probably is destiny. But we get to know that destiny is key. It drives, if you know what you are in pursuit of, it drives what you do, how you live your life, and what you pursue. And we know very well, on Sunday we learned that even though we have a glorious destiny, we can fall either on two categories. We can meet people who are destiny killers. Do we remember that? And we can also meet people who are destiny what? Swappers. And if you're on the good side, you possibly meet the good people who are going to help you get or achieve your destiny very quickly and with a great potential. And those people are called what? The destiny helpers. People who will help you to attain what you want to, to become or what God has destined you to become. And the other side of the people are called what? Destiny instructors. You may, not, you may have the opportunity, the strength, the will to do what you want to do, but you may not know the know-how. And that is why God, per time, places people to tell us what to do according to his purpose. And those are the people he calls the destiny instructors. So we're going to look at these four all together, and then we're going to run off if we have questions and 
contribution as it may be. And first and foremost, I'll just try to put a little bit of ice into it as much as I can so that we can have a good grasp of what we're talking about. Now, the scriptures tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, you may want to ask yourself, who determines a destiny? Do you determine your destiny? Is your destiny in your hands, possibly? Did you start off saying, this is how I'm going to begin and this is how I'm going to end? Is that all in your hands or is it something that somebody is going to help you interpret what you're supposed to become? We have people who read into the future. They say they read into the future. And we know that is not something we condole in the Christendom. Nobody knows your future except him that created us. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 15, God speaking says, Before I was formed, Jeremiah speaking, said, Before I was formed, who knew me? So before you were formed, the question is, who knew us? If God knew us and God created us for a reason, he could have made us to be born in another location separate from where we were born. So if God will make us to be born where we were born, created when we were created, it means he knew us before we were born. That's what the scripture says. And if God knows us before we were born, it means he also have a plan for us. Is that correct? The Bible makes us to understand. The scripture says, God speaking, it says, For I know the thoughts that I have what? towards you. I know the what? The thoughts that I have towards you. So God is thinking something good about us. We can draw that, right? So he knew us before he was born. He knew Jeremiah before he was born. And he has a thought towards him. He has a purpose for every one of us seated down here. And so we know there are people on the way that can kill this destiny, that can kill this purpose. And that is why on Sunday the senior pastor tries to remind us that God have a good thought towards us. And what is the thought he said? He says a thought of what? A thought of good and not of what? And not of evil. To bring us to a what? To bring us to a what? So look at that. If God have a thought towards you in one direction, you're going to be a king. Remember the scripture says, for we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. If that is what God is thinking towards us, and we have another thought in our heart concerning who we are, maybe by the reason of the position we are at the moment, maybe by the reason of what we are yet to achieve at the moment, is that enough to twat what God has for us? So we, we, we look at it. Sometimes you think destiny killers may just be someone outside there. But sometimes our thoughts may just be holding us down to achieving what God has in plan for us. So we're going to look at this deeply. But God has a good thought towards us. He says a thought of good and not of what? Of evil. To bring everyone in this room towards an expected end. It will get to a point in life that will become restless. Something burning in you. You will just know you are not where you're supposed to be. That's why the Bible says, who can understand a man except the spirit in him? Your spirit will become restless. This is not where I'm supposed to be. Something in you will bring back memories of what you were supposed to do in time past that you have left. Maybe you're supposed to be a great artist, but you've left it for another career in, in time. 
But the spirit in you may come up one more time to say, you have to do something. There's something remaining in you. So destiny can call in different form. But on Sunday, God began to open our eyes that God is calling us to become who he formed us to become. So there's someone who God is calling us to become that we are yet to become. And that is why destiny is calling and we need to take a lot of things in our hands. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, God doesn't call us according to where we are. If someone is a shoemaker in this room and God has destined him to become the president. Now, let's be practical. What will you call him if he's a shoemaker as a profession? What will you call him? A what? A cobbler, just to make it, you know, nice, right? But in our local language, what is he? Shoemaker. Shoemaker. Praise the Lord. So, he's a shoemaker. He's a shoemaker. So, when you take your shoe, what does he do? He shines it. When you are walking and your, the sole of your shoe opens and then you are pretending as if nothing has happened, when you get home, who do you take it to? Shoemaker. The one time my cousin came with his wife to be to see my parents. And so he was so all dressed up, very nice with his fiance, and he was looking so nice and, you know, very nice. After all, you are taking your wife to be to see your uncle. And on their way out, the sole of his shoe fell off. So he pretended as if the shoe, the sole was still there. So, you know, if your, the sole of your shoe falls off, it will, you, the balance will miss, right? So he pretended as if the thing was there and he did it so well. Just imagine you are wearing a high heel and you know that long thing comes off. Is it high heel or psychar they call it? My mom used to call it psychar. These days they call it high heel. So just imagine it falls off and you are still walking as if... Um, Nothing happened. So my sister saw it and he picked, she picked it very calmly. When they got to the car, he squeezed it into his hands and he turned and said, thank you, amen, praise the Lord. I'm sure the following day he's going to go to who? To his shoemaker and he's going to get that done. Praise the name of the Lord. Now don't pretend as if your shoe have not opened mouth before. Hallelujah. Now if somebody is supposed to be a shoemaker here, and at the moment, what are we going to call him? A shoemaker, Right? But if God has destined him from the beginning, remember when God calls people, he says, for I have called you and I have formed you to be a priest. He calls you who he wants you to be in the future. What your destiny wants or the destiny he has planned for you. So if God says you are going to be a millionaire, each time he calls us, he's not going to call us by the reason of who we are. Men calls up by who we are because that is what they see. Remember, the scripture says, For God calleth the things that are not as though they were, as though they were. So the thought he has towards you, if he has to call you from your room, God is not going to say, Shoemaker, come out. He's going to call you into the future because that is where he wants us to be. His destiny is for good and that is what he's going to call you to be. So the question you ask yourself is, What has God called you to become? That thing that God calls you to become is what you should call yourself on a daily basis. We may be a shoemaker. Joseph was not a king. He was in the prison, right? God can't call him a prisoner. But if you see him, what are we going to likely call him? A prisoner. Where was his destiny? To become a what? A king. So if God have to call him, he's going to call him a what? A king. So the thought that God have toward him is to become a what? A king. The question then is, what do you call yourself every day? 
Do you call yourself the king or the cobbler that you are at the moment? He's training us per time. And then God is going to take us to where he has destined us to be. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Now, I got a wind of the depth of this scripture in one of our prayer meetings. Now, this is what the scripture says. God has a good thought towards us. And that thought is for us to get to his glorious destiny. Now, look at what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. He says, casting down, let's start from verse 4. Let's start from verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? They are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. So, they're pulling down of what? Now, you have a destiny to attend, right? So, but there are going to be strongholds on the way. The question is, when you read these scriptures, for the, that there are strongholds on the way, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, so they're pulling down of strongholds. Have we ever asked ourselves that question, what are these strongholds? You know, when we pray for strongholds, we are praying for spiritual strongholds. But let's look at what the scripture says in verse 5. It gives us a very good insight to that. It says in verse 5, these strongholds, he say, casting down argument and what? Every high thing that does what? Exalt itself against what? The knowledge of God and doing what? Bringing every thought. Now, the question then is, what are the thoughts that are in your heart concerning your destiny? He says, the stronghold that we're going to fight is bringing down every argument that exalts itself against whose knowledge? What God has said. What is your knowledge telling you? Our head knowledge is telling us something every day. Something different from what God has said concerning us. And he says, bringing every thought into what? The captivity to the obedience of God. So this evening, we first need to understand that the thoughts of our hearts can also stop us or deter us from getting to our destiny. Amen. So we need to bring all these thoughts to what? To subjection. And really, sometimes when we come to attaining our destiny, we, it, it gets to a point where this journey seems to be as if we are fighting it alone. And someone said something in the office this morning, which I really liked. I had to jot it down. He said, in life, if you are running the race of your life alone, it will likely look to you as a race. But to involve God in that race, then you will only experience grace. Amen. The difference between running alone, which is race, and running with God, which is grace, is involving God in all that we do. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in a nutshell, we're going to go straight into looking at those four key areas we look or we spoke on on Sunday. Number one, destiny killers. Number two, destiny swappers. Number three, destiny helpers. And number four, destiny instructors. Now, when we, when the senior pastor took us through the destiny killers, he gave us the example of who? Of Jacob. Can we remember? Sorry, Joseph, right? Joseph and his brother. So, in a nutshell, we're going to start by looking at 
how life can present itself or the things that can present itself as destiny killers concerning what God has said in our lives or regarding our future. And then how we can escape the destiny swappers. We looked at the story of Jacob and Laban. People can make decisions concerning you in boardrooms, concerning you in a room, concerning you in a marketplace. Your proposal can be turned down because someone said something that is not on an advantage to you. Those themselves are destiny swappers. Praise the Lord. And we're going to look at how we can also meet destiny helpers. People that can help us on our way to achieving what God wants us to achieve. And finally, we're going to look at how we can get closer to people that can instruct us better concerning where God wants to take us. Amen. I say amen. amen. Now, first and foremost, let's start by reading James chapter 1 verse 7. James 1 verse 17, pardon me. In reading, I got across something that says, from James 1 17, he says, what's every good gift and what? Every perfect gift comes from whom? You know, if you remember Psalms 84, the Bible says, for no good thing would God do what? Withhold from who? From me, good. And then James is saying, every good gift and then every perfect gift come from what? The Father above. And it says, and there is no variation or shadows of turning in him. In the journey to achieving God's destiny, it may look like Joseph experienced that the good things or the good gifts are not coming. But the scripture tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift come from who? Come from God. And on Sundays, the senior pastor gave us a pointer in some direction that the fact that you, you are, it looks as if you are succeeding doesn't necessarily mean you are attaining destiny, right? So if God denies us or we seemingly look as if God is denying us of some good gift, perhaps it is good enough to be ours. But the question is, perhaps also it may not be perfect enough to be ours. So whatever God is not giving you, he says in Psalms that he will not withhold anything that is what? Good from us. And he says for every good and perfect gift comes from God. So if we are not attaining some level at this point, doesn't mean God dislikes us or we are not getting to our destiny. But it may just mean that the, good, the gift is what? Is good. But the timing may not be what? Perfect. What good is a gift of a car if it will cause a lasting accident or the rest of anybody's life? So if God will not give me what God wants to give me, then God will rather keep it because it is not yet perfect for us. In the journey to achieving or getting to our destiny, gift that God gives us, the blessing of God per time must be good and must be what? Must be perfect. If David had attained the throne earlier than he should before Saul, the, the destiny of being the king may not have been in his place. Amen. I just want us to hold that together. Amen. Alright, now let's now delve deeper. Destiny killers. Let's start with that. Destiny killers. And then we'll go to destiny swappers. On destiny swappers, we read Genesis 29 from verse 23 to verse 27. And so, we're not going to bore ourselves with that. We read the story of Laban and what? And Jacob. Is that correct? 
So in the story of Laban and Jacob, Jacob was cheated by Laban, but did that stop God's work for his life? No. Now, we're going to start off with that. In the story of Laban and Jacob, Laban waited for the wife of his dream, who, which was who? What was her name? Rachel, right? Sorry, Jacob, right? No, Jacob waited seven years for the wife of his dream. And then Laban gave him the older sister. Now, let's paint a picture. Because if Laban, if Jacob had received the older sister, we read on Sunday that your destiny may be tied to something, may be tied to someone. We don't need to settle for less because or settle for what seems to be the right thing when God had already prepared us for something that is what? That is specific. So in life, it could be that there are things that God have proposed for us. Jobs that God have proposed for us. Destiny that God have placed for us. But it may come, destiny swappers or things that will swap our destiny may just come like something fanciful. Let's just assume, let me, let me make a case here. Let's assume God wants to make someone a president in this room. And in the place of becoming a president, at some point in life, somebody gives us a job that is not befitting or a job that seems to be befitting but will have a lot of compromise in it. Which one would we rather choose? A job that will be fitting and have a lot of compromise in it, but have a good pay and a good lot, a lot of money in it, compared to a job that may be lower paid, but you spare your dignity and your pride. Which one would rather be a destiny killer to us? The one will compromise, right? And if we take that job, is it possible that we may thwart the destiny or the calling of God in our lives? Is it possible? If it is possible then, is it also possible that if we miss a step as far as God's destiny is concerned, can we redeem back and get back to the right place? Is it possible? Now that is a question I'm trained. So God is saying, I'm taking you somewhere. But in the process of time, we settle for less. Is it possible that the less we settle for, or what, we seem, what seems to be the right thing we settle for, can deviate us from achieving the destiny of God? And if that is possible, is it also possible when we get to know that we have, we have a detour, how then can we align ourselves back to what God wants us to become? Praise the Lord. Is that clear? Now, that's a question I'm throwing. We may have to mic so that we can have a conversation here. So, in the case of Jacob, if he had gotten away with the first daughter, could that have trotted him a little away from the destiny that God wanted him to achieve? And if at some point he discovered that he's out of tune, how can he align himself back to what God originally wanted him to become? Amen. Because in life... It is possible we may have made mistakes that looks as if we have gone off course. But how can then, how then can we get ourselves back to track? Because that in which the Lord has for us will never and can never be thwarted in the name of Jesus. All right, let's have a conversation. If Jacob have settled for the older 
older sister, could that have thwarted his destiny call or his call, his direction to what God wanted him to become? And if we miss our step in any way, how can we realign ourselves back to the call that God wants us to become? Amen. Is the question clear? Is the question clear enough? All right, let's have a conversation so that we go into the other two with the space of time that we have. Praise the Lord. All right, everybody were nodding when I was saying this. Amen. Let me break the ice. All right then. Praise God. Now, in today's uh, world, if uh, a young man comes into your family and says he wants to marry a girl and the father dribbles him to marry the older one, one of the ways destiny can be thwarted is when the younger sister says, ah, so you still want to marry me along with my older sister? That's not going to work. Because ordinarily, the custom does not allow you to marry two sisters. But because they allowed him, it shows me that when God gives destiny, he will make sure somehow, somehow, it happens. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, that's the good way to start. So, well, I'm not so sure that can... It's going to be difficult in this modern age anyways, but God has his own story for us in later days. But these things can come in different ways. Can we have another contribution if there is? How possible it is for anyone to deviate from his call or his destiny or the way where God wants him to be? Amen. All right. Sister Toying hands is up. Good evening, church. Okay, what comes to mind is a scripture that says that all things work together for good for them that believe. I think when we make a mistake, because I'll say it's a mistake, maybe something was thrown at you and it looked like a good offer and you take it. I think that God in his infinite mercy somehow, somehow always turns, I mean, whatever it is that you're experiencing at that particular time, you learn from it. I mean, you go through whatever issues you're supposed to go through in that mistake. But at the end of the day, he, he, he uses that mistake and what you have learned to make you a better person. So, at the long run, I, just, I don't know. I mean, it's God. Praise the Lord. All right, she's saying, even when we make mistakes, that God really, I think that's Ephesians 1 verse 11. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. Ephesians 1 verse 11. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. Be predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Just to align with that, which says, the scripture which she read says, for all things work together to them that believe in God. And remember, we need to understand, as far as destiny is concerned, there must be a close working to God's will. Now, if we are chasing our own destiny, 
Can it be really different from what God really planned for us? Really different from what God planned for us. But the true picture of what God has for us, was it according to our own will or his own will at the beginning? Ephesians says, for he predestined us according to the purpose of him. Remember, he said he, create, he knew us before he created us. So if he created us, it means he created us for a what? A purpose. So that purpose is according to whose will? His own will. So that his will doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes all along the way. It's possible we'll make mistakes all along the way, but he's saying the purpose he created us, the destiny that he has for us is according to his own will. Remember the Bible says, for he is the beginning and the what and the end. So where are we? We are just in between. So he knows the beginning and he knows the what, the end. So however you want to go, whether you want to go to, if, if God says that I created you to go from Lagos to, to Ibadan, if you like, during the period of going from Lagos to Ibadan, go to Abeokuta, go to Ekpe Expressway, anywhere you go. He knows the beginning, he knows the what, he knows the end. So as Sister Tony said, there may be times when you do something and you know it is out of God's will. And it may be preventing you from attaining what God wants us to do. It's not enough for us to beat ourselves up. If we get to the point where we realize that we'll have a detour, it's just to go back to God and let him realign us back to his word, to his will. And only then we will see that all things truly work together for what? For good. Let's celebrate her one more time for that contribution. Amen. So all things work together for good. Let's have another contribution. Yes, there's a hand up here now. And we're going to ask ourselves much later, how do you know when you are out of phase, when you've left or your destiny is in another direction? Okay, so um, thinking, since he's the Alpha and the Omega, and he knows that we're not perfect, he's the only perfect God. What if, because he's the one that plans everything, so sometimes we always think that the Detours or the mistakes that we make is usually, yes, yeah, some of it is usually um, by our own. How would I how would I say it now? We make that mistakes on our own. But what if sometimes he just allows you to take that detour when he knows that okay, you do not have, you haven't learned the lesson I need you to learn for the next phase of your transition into, you know, your progress or your destiny. So. For instance, I'm learning to be very patient. I'm learning that um, it's not everything people say or it's not everything people think about me that I should focus on. And I know for a fact that sometimes there's some issues that have happened that if I had just only just allowed the Holy Spirit to just take control, then he would have done what he needed to do. But because I did not allow him, so he's like, okay, you know what? Do what you need to do because you know, you think you know it best. Okay, do what you know, do what you need to do. And so he, he allows me to learn the lesson for the next phase. I don't, I don't understand. I, 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 I hope. So, you know, sometimes I just feel because God is the Alpha and the Omega, there, 
for instance, the Israelites could have gone through um, they, they could have gone through the wilderness for what? I think it was four years or how many years? But they went through it for 40 years. And he made them go through it for 40 years because there was something he needed to let them learn. And there were some people he knew that if I let them go to Canaan, what I intend for the Israelites will not happen. So sometimes he allows those mistakes, those detours to happen so that you can get to your destiny. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, I once asked a question. I said, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was crying, was praying, and the Bible says he was extremely sorrowful. And in his prayer, he said to God, if it is possible, let this word cup pass over me. And in the point where he prayed, he went back and rephrased himself and said, not nevertheless, not as I will, but let your will be done. I once asked a question. If God have allowed that cup to pass over him, say, look, this your suffering is enough. Let this cup pass over you. Will that have twatted later on the, 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 the prophecy that God wanted to redeem the whole world? Could it have been possible? God have a promise. God have a purpose. Jesus understood the purpose. In fulfilling God's purpose, sometimes it may be wearisome. It may be tiring. It may get us drained. It may look as if we are, we, we are losing it. But when we get to understand that it is not all about our will, just as you said, that it is all about God's will, then most likely God will turn it around and teach us a better lesson. Just a little bit tying to what Sister Toy said. God will allow us to go through those wilderness for 40 years. If that will teach us patience. Because when you get to the palace, you will learn a lot of and require a lot of patience. When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he was a very calm man. But the, script, the Bible made us understand when the Spirit departed from him, he was throwing spears at a boy. It's not of kings to do that. But when God trains us to understand what he wants us to become, then he will better prepare us for the destiny that lies ahead of us. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's celebrate her again for her contribution. All right, let's have Sister Lady. All right, we'll come, back. We'll come to you, Ambassador. Praise God. We'll have these two contributions, then we'll go up to destiny helpers and instructors. Okay, as much as I agree with Sister Buki in some way, um, Pastor read a scripture on Sunday about Esau. Um, Esau forfeited his destiny for a, for a bowl of porridge. And the Bible says that he sought that destiny back with all tears. He begged for it and he didn't get it back. And talking about the children of Israel too. The journey to the, journey to the promised land was supposed to be just 40 days. Those people spent 40 years or 430, 430 years. I don't think it's, I don't think, um, so when we say that um, God's plan is solid, God's plan is, is going to stand, and um, if God has a plan for you, that plan will come to pass no matter what. I, I'm not quite sure. I, um, the, the people say that, um, they say that nothing can stop God's plan except you. So even though God has something designed for you, you can mess it up. Why do you want to, why do you speak and teach you to be patient calmly? Why do you want to go through trials for those little trials to be patient? Why, why must you, why do you want to pass another, when God said you are going, you are going like this, why do you want to go like this? I not think that because um, the grace of God is sufficient and so somehow 
you that you are supposed to go like this, you think that and you are going like this. Somehow you think that um, God, a more magic will happen, you not get to this place. Why do you want to stress yourself like that and just obey God and stay where He has planted you? Praise the Lord. Now we have a for and against. Amen. Now, as she was saying that, I just remembered when when Moses brought the children of um, was it Moses? I think it was. Um, um, Joshua. And then he said to him, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth. Now I present your destiny to you. There's one called life and there's one called death. And he says, choose ye this day which destiny or which one you want to live. So um, Sister Lydia is bringing it up to you that you can decide to choose the other one and then that will be your path for real. Is that what that's where she's driving at. Or she's probably saying, if you have the choice to make, if you make that choice, you may suffer it longer than you expect. So let's see if we have anybody on our side or anybody that wants to shed any light on that. Uh, we're having more hands against Lide. Is it for Lide or? If you are for Lide, let me see your hand first. All right, let's hear another for Lide here. So basically, what we first derive from from Sister Toye and the other sister was that if we get to a point where you find out that you have made mistakes and then you want to realign yourself back to God's will, that you can, you can, God possibly may allow you to go through those things just to, you know, teach you a lesson or make you a better person. But Sister Lydia is drawing another angle to it that it is likely, really, when Pastor was reading that scripture, according to Esau, the story of Esau, that he sought it in tears and could not was could not even get it. Remember when we read the story of Esau, we also think at some point, remember when his father was blessing him and he said, if you become restless enough that you will break the back of Jacob. And we got to understand that at some point Esau didn't look as if it was he was so doing so badly anyways, because when he met Jacob he was extremely blessed. But this part of the first fruit born, being part of the first born and having the heritage is what he lost and could not ever have redeemed. Because the lineage, you can't count the lineage of Jesus and possibly have to have, there will be possibly no mentioning of Esau. But you can look at that lineage and have a Jacob in between. All right, let's listen to her Good and then we'll church. take it up. Um, when Sister Lide was speaking, I remembered um, a case in my family. I have these cousins, they are a set of twins. Somebody came to ask for the hand of the elder one in marriage, and she was like, the man was short, she wanted tall, dark, and handsome, so she turned him down. Then the family pleaded with the twin sister that this man is a good man, please don't let him go. So the twin sister now married the man. The man ended up being a pilot in the United States. When the elder sister found out, she was angry with her twin sister that the twin sister took what was supposed to be Took her destiny. She took her destiny. And she never got a good suitor till date. And she hates her sister because of that. So who, who, swapped, who swapped the destiny in this point? So she swapped her destiny by herself. So she became her own destiny swapper. I, 
I just want to. Good evening. I, I just want to. Quarrel. So, are we saying our sisters should not dream for tall, dark, and handsome? Yes. If they don't, how will I, my wife will have married me? <laughs> I, I, I just want to. All right, let's listen to Grandma B. I just want to corroborate um, what has happened between the family. And I know that Pastor and my other people who are here who are lawyers can attest to that. That's what they call in law. Valentine non-fit injuria. If you inflict, if you inflict pain on yourself, you cannot come back and complain. And that is what has happened in this circumstance. So this one is not redeemable, ba? All right, sister. Okay, let's have ambassador. Then we'll have. Lord, um, I know these Wednesday uh, meetings, it's where the word of God is being break down into pieces. We have been talking everything spiritual, 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 spiritual. <laughs> but in my own case, I'm using myself as an example. You know, in my family, when you want to marry, you don't marry outside that our state is either you marry from that our from I'm from Osho State. It's either you marry from Osho State or you marry from Ekiti. Before the splitting, grandma can testify to this. If you are an Ekiti man, it's very hard for you to travel from Ekiti down to Ijebu or Abekuta or Ondo or Ibadan to marry. You either marry very close to your town or within your vicinity. So in my own case, I'm using myself as a case study for everybody to learn. So in my, in my family, all the marriages they have been doing, my elder sister, I have two, they were marrying from our town. In my own case, I told my dad before he died, I said, Daddy, I'm not going to marry an Igesha lady. He said, why? I said, we are, we are so stubborn that I cannot control her. And if I use my anger on her, it can lead to her, her death. So my father now said, ah, whom are you going to marry? Luckily for me, this is my present wife. I didn't even know her until when I came to Lagos. So it was through a friend. We were just, you know, he will come to one of, uh, of my friends. With uh, that, my friend, uh, wife. So and I said, I love this lady. So later now, and I went to my dad. I said, Daddy, you asked me to marry, you asked me to marry. This lady I wanted to marry is from Ugu State, is from Abekuta. How do we do it? And my dad said, ah, if you marry that lady, I will not come to your wedding. I will not do this, I will not do that. Ah, the thing paid me. So I was dating an Igesha lady that time. Every day is fight. If you do this thing, you say, hey, why do I come late? I say, ah, you know, as a man now, I have to work hard. I have to save for my wedding for this thing. So to call the long story short, as I was dating this, my present wife, I saw so many things in her. She's very tolerant. She's a God-fearing person because as at that time, my spiritual life has not been up to this level. So it's not that I don't believe. It's not that I'm not a born again, but my born again level 
So to cut the long story, you so married her. Long story short, I married her. And when I married her, my father did not come for my wedding. And it pained me. But the day I now took her down to my hometown, that, okay, you have to go. You have to go and greet my, my dad. I didn't know that my dad was just watching her. After we have done everything finished, we now came back to Lagos. My daddy now phoned me. He said, where did you see this beautiful, very, very cool-headed, and that I was watching the lady all the time. She was in my sitting room. That, ah, I didn't know that this type of people exist in other states. So that's why I broke the yoke in my family. So all other people, I was now looking at other, other my seniors and my uncles and my relations that married from my wife. Their marriage was not as sweet as my own. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Since I married that lady, since I married that my wife, I was just saying, she's my destiny ever. Amen. You don't need to tell us we know very much about her. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's hear Sister Toy. Okay, I just wanted to like talk about what lady was saying. It's not like you, you know, when she was saying that, how is it that you know you're supposed to go this way, but you decide to go this way, then you believe that God will change it and you appear on this side. Some people don't deliberately choose that that's what they want to do. You might be walking the path, but you deviate a little bit, and then you come back. Or you deviate a little bit, but God just, you know how it is, there was one time, I didn't know any that there was a difference between close, crescent, and streets. I know that crescent, if you come, you will bust out. I mean, I didn't know that one before. So for me, it's like that. Like you're driving, you, you can enter a close, and that's it, it's blocked. You can enter a street, it leads you somewhere else. But you enter a crescent, it takes you back to where you are. So for me, it's not a choice that, oh, I... I knew that this journey was... I mean, who, who, who wants to journey for 40 days and decide, no, I don't want 40 days. Is that 40 years? I mean, who does that? You know, nobody decides to do that, but it's like the things that happen, it's like it has to happen so that you can learn and then somehow God, in his infinite mercy, God being God, he will help you since it's his will and it's his... He will bring you back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Okay, I like the clarification from that angle that it's not as if, you know, you deliberately choose what is wrong or the difficult part. It's all still in the bid of, you know, attaining what God wants you to do. Really, in life, that's why the Bible says, commit your ways unto the Lord and he will direct your path. There are times when we take decisions that are seemingly okay decisions. You pick up contracts that are seemingly okay contracts. God is saying, I'm going to build your empire, but just one contract will almost ruin it all because maybe you did not see God's face in it or maybe because it looks so juicy enough, God is in it. This one, God says it is in it. So things like that can happen to us, but God in his own way may be saying, that's a lesson for it to teach you that, look, in any step you take, get me involved in it. I want to be part of it and all the rest. So, we we'll learn better and um, 
Thank you for teaching us about closed streets and um, crescent. Amen. Amen. All right, Sister Kemi Brown. Okay, I just have something to say with the Bible verse you just quoted. I think one thing that is important in all this is obedience. So, um, sometimes we, sometimes it's God's plan for us to go through some things, yes. And we don't exactly know the end. It's only God that knows the end. But I think in putting obedience to it. So, when you ask God to direct your path and it does tell you, what do you do? Do you obey or do you choose or do you still make your own decision? Like you said, put God in every single thing. Don't choose where you remove God and where you put God. It makes the journey easier. Even if you're going through something, as long as you know you have obeyed, you will stay until you get your result or his results. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Amen. All right, the senior pastor wants to make a comment. Um, where's Catherine? Can you help me appreciate her? Because can I tell you, when we come for Bible study, let's not just take spiritual truths and get excited and go home. What God is trying to do is instruct us even as we're here. Before you were born, I knew you, I formed you, and I predestined you. The slide for the uh, message is that you will guide me with your counsel unto a glorious, leading me unto a glorious destiny. So there is a guidance we must seek. The, the, I like what you said. You said this is not a far-flung story. This is a, your family. There were a set of twins. A man came along and said, I want to marry this woman. Twins are usually almost alike. So she got the first chance, but she had a mindset that my blessing has to be like this. So it doesn't matter what God was saying. She couldn't hear it. The other sister had no suitor. The man wanted to go and say, come, you don't have to go. This one is just exactly like that one. Let's ask her whether, say you, you don't have a mindset. I believe the other sister prayed and said, well, it looks like God said it doesn't matter whether he's short. <laughs> and she married him. It was after he married him, the metamorphosis happened. Then the older sisters are annoyed. About what? You are the one that said you don't want. So the question here is be careful what you reject. You know, I said to you that success and destiny are not necessarily the same. Because at that time, her friends were telling her, if you marry a man that is short, ah, this and that, ah, so this story is a huge lesson. And because it's your family, the result is still with you. You said the other lady never got married till today. The other lady is in your love. Can God change your mind? It's a question. Even if this is what you thought, when the, when the time comes, can God change your mind? And where did you get the idea of your success? Is it from God or is it from the world? 
So, Pastor Tefia, it's very serious. So, the choices that we make can turn a journey of 40 days into 40 years. And in some cases, you may never get there. It is not true that, no, no, it's not true, um, Buki, that every time God redeems everybody. It's not true. And all I will plead with everybody is, don't risk it. Your life is too important. Don't risk it. It is better to listen to God. But I will balance it with somebody called Moses. Moses was born to redeem the children of Israel. He knew the parents who. At the age of 40, he tried to redeem them. He ended up killing a man. And they rejected him. Israel rejected him. So he ran away. In fact, he was a fugitive. Now, when we miss destiny, at that point, it looked like he missed destiny. He moved to another place. He got a job as a shepherd. A prince got a job as shepherd. He even married the man's daughter. And the man was a babalaru. That's the truth. And he settled there. And he accepted that I have missed my destiny. Let me just settle here. But I don't know why, but God came along. 40 years after, he left Egypt at 40. 40 years had gone. People had forgotten him. The burning bush. Moses, Moses, what are you doing here? Remove your shoes. He said, I am going to send you. Moses gave every reason why God should leave him alone. But God said, no. He said, I can't talk. He said, your brother is coming. He will be your mouthpiece. And, but I realized that Moses changed his mind because God didn't force him. Moses changed his mind and went back. Now, I won't recommend that anybody go and settle What's that man's name? The man he was working for? Jethro. I won't recommend that you go and get a job from Jethro, marry Jethro's daughter, and stay there because you may not be so lucky. And he went back and redeemed his destiny and the next 40 years, oh my God, what God did in his life for the 40 years makes... I mean, even if somebody lives 400 years, cannot do that. But you see, that's an extreme situation. On the other side, that was Esau. That God didn't allow him. Moses asked to come back. God went to fetch him. Esau wanted it back and God said no. So right here, I want to say that, would you rather risk your destiny? Or would you start listening to God now? You guide me with your counsel. Leading me to a glorious destiny. Nobody here can say you will make it, you won't make it. God wants everybody to make it. But like uh, my learned senior said, Volenti non fit injuria. If you refuse to hear God, you cannot blame God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Proverbs 16, verse 3. 
now we need to also understand when it comes to, you know, that striking part that shows you, okay, let me put it this way. Is there anything that is going to happen in everybody's life that is going to tell you that, oh, this is a point where my destiny is being turned around for good or for bad? Remember, Proverbs 16, the Bible says, commit thy ways or thy works unto the Lord, and he will establish the what? The thoughts of, and your thoughts will be what? Established. Now, in, in working towards what God wants us to be, it is not as if you're going to experience a burning bush one day. But we must understand that it's a daily work. Every day must become a time where we work and commit our plans to the Lord. It is not our will in the first place. We are just living what he has designed us to become. So in those period of time where we commit our ways, our works, where he established our thoughts, then we outgrow some things. We outgrow the things that, you know, could not, we could not do without before. Maybe it was an anger issue or a learning patient. Over time, as we begin to commit God's way, our ways to God, then we'll understand and we'll learn those things. Paul speaking says, when I was a child, I did what? I spoke like a child. I reason like a child. Let's, let's read it. First Corinthians 13 verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child and I thought like a child. So he spoke like one, he thought like one and he did what? He understood as as one. But he says when he was he became a man, he did what? When he became a man, did the thinking of a child leave him? He did not leave him. He could have keep speaking like a child, but he says I myself chose to do what? to put away the childish thing. So we, you, the fact that we have outgrown some things, the inner man may have not outgrown the way you speak like a child or behave like a child or understand God's ways as a child. We pray as we go on, we'll understand the ways of God better in the name of Jesus. I say in the name of Jesus. All right, let's do away with swappers. Let's just in the next 10 or 15 minutes, let's look at destiny helpers. We've, we've spoken about this before and destiny instructors. Now, the question now then is, are there people in life that are going to help us attain or achieve God's purpose or destiny for us as we go on in life? Is this a battle we can do or work with alone? Or is it possible God will send people and will either accept them or by the ways we behave, we let them go? Like that lady or that story of that lady, the man that came may have just been the person that God had ordained the destiny maker for that woman. But because she understood like a child, the world has defined some things for us. If the man is not tall, dark, and handsome, then he's not a, what, a man. What happens to the short one? Are they not born again as well? Amen. So the world have defined all this to us. So we, we, we see with the eyes of man. And then we may lose opportunity and we lose chances that will come. What if that lady had an instructor? Maybe the instructor will have been speaking like the parents will have said, look, don't forget about his height. Look, he's a responsible man. He's a good man. And then we may have left instructions. Leave instructions. Like the scripture talked about a young king that came into power. And then he said to himself, I need instructors. And he brought all the instructors of the fathers. 
And they said to him, this is the way you shall go if you want to reign and your reign to be good. And then he received the instruction. And on a second thought, he called the young men and said, what is trending? What is Twitter saying concerning rulership? And they gave him what Twitter is saying and what Facebook is saying and what Instagram is saying. And he said, oh, so what my parents were saying were truly old school. Let's go the way of the modern ways. And we know the story. What happened? His reign was terrible. So did he have instructors? Yes, he did. Did he have instruction? Yes, he did. Did he have a choice to choose between good and bad instructions? Yes, it is. So let's just use 10 minutes to wrap that up. How can we forsake instructions that come away? And how do these instructions come? Do they come in the form of Pastor Femi Paul alone? Or can they come in the form of your mother or her father or a colleague at work? How do we have instruction that can shape our destiny for good? Because if you think it's only going to come in one direction, we'll possibly miss it. And the last teachings we've been having, we talk about not despising people, accepting people the way they are. You just don't know where your helper will come. The person seated beside you may just be the help God is going to send or recommend to anybody. Let's just have a conversation quickly. How possible is it to despise instruction that can tailor us to the blessing or the destiny that God wants us to be. Let's hear you up. I'm going to use myself as an example. When I wanted to get into the university to study, I wanted to read engineering, but I did not reach the cutoff point twice. So I decided to do pre-degree in Delta State University. I was offered mathematics, which was one of my best courses in school. You can wake me anytime to read it. But I found out I was having problems even passing basic mathematics. So I, I was just devastated that day and I was walking and I met this lady from nowhere. And she said, ah, you are a very smart girl. What are you doing here? And I looked at her like, uh-uh. She looked like she lived in the village. So when she said that to me, I was going to ignore her and walk away. Then I just said, I'm feeling depressed. I needed to talk to somebody. So I now turned and said, ah, how do you know me? She said, I don't know you, but I saw you and you look very intelligent. Then she said, what are you doing here? My brother is a lecturer in Lagos State University. Have you tried applying there? And I'm like, I'm a student here. And you're telling me to go to Lagos State University and apply. If your brother is a lecturer, what are you doing in this village? <laughs> so, so she said, no, that she was serious, that she's coming to Lagos the next week, that I should go with her to meet her brother. That was how I took my bag, followed her to Lagos, went to meet her brother that was a lecturer in the school, and told him that I wanted to study engineering, but because I didn't make the cutoff, I'm reading mathematics somewhere else. He now said, Lagos State University offers engineering course, but since you didn't do jam because you were already reading mathematics, you can enter through pre-degree. I just need your work result. And that was it. I got into the school, finished my pre-degree course, got um, admission to read engineering, and graduated. Now, to, put, to make that story very interesting, by the time I was graduating, I went to thank the elder brother for helping me when I needed the help. Then he said, do you know what is very amazing? My younger sister that brought you here is not a graduate. 
she could not get admission into any school. Even teacher's training college we sent her to, she cannot complete it. And yet she brought you here and you are graduating today. And since then I knew God can use anybody. It does not matter who or where you meet them. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So the instructions can come from everywhere. It may, it may just come like an advice. In the career you're trying to build, it may just come like an advice from somebody, you know, younger than you in the business. So let's not leave instructions and let's just follow up with any instructions or any guardians or anybody that comes. Let's just hear people out first. The words of instructions or advice may just be what we need to have a change or a breakthrough on whatever we are having. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate her one more time. <laughs> Destiny help us. All right, let's hear Sister Toyin. you are the kind of person that wants to have those kind of experiences, you want to, maybe somebody to just come and tell me something, let me just know what I, I need to do, you know? I think, <laughs> okay, so I'm right. So I think the devil can actually just bring people that can see and then they just give you something and they just tell you to do something and they just mislead you to doing the wrong thing. Praise the Lord. In fact, there are people that say they can see people's stars. Is it true? Somebody will say they can see your destiny. And I hear some people can steal other people's stars. I don't know how, how possible that is. Amen. All right, Sister Tony is bringing a direction or an angle to it that also people can, can you know, the, even the scripture says, even the devil himself have come as an angel angel of light. So I, I, I don't just want to see those angels anywhere soon. So angel of light, even the enemy himself can come as an angel of light. So well taken, in, even in taking instructions, we we'll need to be very careful. There are people that really knows what you want. They know how desperate you are and what you want and try to give you advices that seem to be in the right directions, but may not just be in the right directions. May God guide us aright in Jesus' name. All right, a final question I will ask before we wrap up this evening. Is it also possible in the place of looking for or trying to get help, how, how can the Spirit of God talk to us instinctively? A case in point, the story we read, um, Ruth, right? Ruth and Naomi, that was the story we read. And then the mother-in-law said, go back for there is nothing left for me. In reality, was anything left for her there? Let's just be re realistic. It, doesn't really, it didn't look as if there was not anything left for her anymore. So this is a woman that have lost two children. She, two husbands, two, yes, two daughter son-in-laws, right? And so there's, there was really nothing left for her. And when she made those proclamations to those two ladies... 
I'm very sure she was doing it out of a clear mind. I don't have anything for you. If you want to go and marry somebody else in another village, in another kindred, just go. That is the best thing for you. What made Ruth in her own mind say, no, I'm going to stick with you? Is there a spirit in man that speaks to a man? What made the woman with the issues of blood? She could have gone to the church to wait for Jesus Christ. Who told her? Never was it written in scripture that anybody had ever touched a hem of a garment and got healed. Who told her to stay on the street and touch the hem of the garment? In the pursuit of what she was looking for. Is it a, the Bible says there is a spirit in man that speaks to a man and also the spirit of God himself is the only one that can account or speak to God himself. Could it be that even in a place where instructors are giving us, we, there is a spirit in us that can also tell us if we are, are right or wrong? Is there a spirit in man that speaks to you and gives you this burning desire to say, no, it is this way or never, or I have to do it this way or never? Let's just give it a second thought. As we go on listening to instructions, reading what God has to say per time, we need to understand that we also need to listen to that inner spirit that God has deposited in us. If there's something burning in you, it may be God just telling you, this is what I want to make out of you. Praise the name of the Lord. Contribution or question? Question. All right, the last question for today, we'll try to speed this up. Um, I can't remember where it's written in the Bible. You know this instruction where he said, is it um, once have I heard and twice has it been spoken or something? I just... The power belongs uh, to God. No. That, you know, when... When, uh, hey, thank you. God be blessed you. Like Amen. <laughs> so, if somebody comes to tell me something, so in the mouth of two or three witnesses, so if you hear that kind of instruction and you still have doubts, I mean, won't, you know, God actually send, except you are now stubborn, no? That you, so that's, thank you very much, Lady. That's, that's the question that, you know, is it that, okay, so when three people confirm it, does he now make it? Yes. Praise the Lord. Depends on who is confirming it now. <laughs> Amen. Any two or three people can confirm it. So it depends on who and who are confirming it. So you need to also see your circle of friends or because they say if you count the last or three people or ten people you associate with it may also be an indication of where you'll be in the next ten or five years so depending on who is confirming that's on a very light note we'll spare this question because we always save the best for last so the senior pastor will save this best and last question for him but let's have other contribution from other people so the question is if we have two or three people affirm the same thing does it mean just imagine the story of what she have just said they say the man is short or not so you go to ask your friend they say is it or no is it is it for no say, don't marry him you go to another friend and then you open your twitter you see an ideal man bicep tall mustache so two or three witnesses have already told you and then you will say no all right sister toying man like the spirit of man kind of like affirms you know there are some times I mean this is me I don't know if it happens to any other person you are just sure in your spirit that this is it 
You just know that you know that you know that you know. But at the end of the day, it's not what you think that you know. So for me, to be very honest, I get very discouraged. Ah, well, God, I thought you said. But you're not a liar now. You can't lie. So maybe that's it's not me. Maybe it's not you that said. Maybe it's just me cooking up things in my head. But I could have sworn that you said. You know, those kind of those are the kind of thoughts that come to my mind. So sometimes when I say, ah, God said, I'm like, God, are you sure? This one? <laughs> is it you or is me just imagining things again? So really, I would like, you know, a little more explanation on how you can, yeah, I mean. How you can be sure it is God that said what he said. Amen. All right. So she's saying that sometimes you may just be sure that God is leading you in this direction. And sometimes when you walk through it, it doesn't really look at the end as if it is God that said it in the last, um, the first time. But really, but we know really when God says something, when God tells you to go on a journey, does that guarantee a really smooth journey? So sometimes really, if I'll answer your question the best I can, sometimes when God tells us to do something. Maybe you are believing God for something, really. And that's why we must also be careful that um, if God tells us to do something, let's assume you heard God very well, correctly, and God is telling you to do it. Remember, it is his will that you are following. So he's telling you, go this way. You said it the very first time. Sometimes God makes you do some things so that he will teach you some lesson. So the fact that God tells you to do it and it looks as if it didn't work out the way you wanted it to be, that doesn't really mean you failed. The most important thing as we've read, let's follow what God said. Psalms, the proverb says, delight yourself in the Lord. L- commit your works unto the Lord and he will direct your thoughts. And he says, then delight yourself in the Lord. The delighting means it's not working, but God said I should do it after all. So there are sometimes, really, let me, let me make this really light. Sometimes we, I plan what to say, maybe in organizations or in church this way, and you are coming and you are saying what God said you should say. And what God is telling you to say is not looking as if it's making sense when you get up here. It happens. But the question you ask yourself is, is it my saying? It is God that says you should say what you said you should say. But sometimes it may not look as if you are getting it all the way God showed you it's going to work. But he doesn't work in our ways. He works in his own ways. And really, it is over time you will always remember or know why God made us to do what he made us to do in the first place. So it may not just work that way all the time. But trust me, if you're sure it's God that said it, God is in it 100% and all the way. Amen. All right, we'll take Sister Kemi as the last contribution, and then we wrap up. Okay, so to you, Sister Tony, I understand. And I think sometimes we have a result in mind, and we ask God, and he tells us, go ahead. But our results might not be his own results. That doesn't mean he didn't tell us to do it. It's just that the result might just be different from what we're expecting. And sometimes when God gives us the result, and he gives us an instruction and he puts a comma, we put a full stop ourselves in our mind. That, okay, this is it. But it might not be the end result. It might actually be the journey to the end result. That's my own experience. So sometimes just take him for his word. Don't put your own result in your mind. Don't put comma. Don't put full stop. I have a lot of experiences. 
um, 2012, I thought I was going to get married. And God woke me in the night and told me to write colors. But he didn't give me a date. But we had already been planning dates. So me, I put date after the colors now. Uh -uh. But by the end came. At the end of the day, funny enough, I used those colors. But I didn't get married to that person, gladly. And I didn't get married that year. But I'd already added my own. So he, wrote, he told me to write an instruction. It was for the future. For me, I was writing it for the present. So sometimes we have our results. We're asking him for how to approach it. He will tell you how to approach it. But at the end of the day, it is his own result, his own will, and not hers. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that brings me, reminds me of, I think the children of Israel were going for a war, and then they went to meet the prophets, and he said, should we pursue? And the prophet said, yes, pursue, for the Lord has given you the victory. The scripture says, they went, they pursued, they were beaten black and blue. They went back to the prophet, should we pursue? He said, yes. They went again, they were beaten what? Black and blue. Did God tell them to pursue? Yes. So when they heard pursue, they started pursuing. It was the third time that God now told them the how to pursue. Sometimes you are hearing pursue, but you are not patient. You just put, God is still put pursue, comma, but you are putting full stop and you are running with what you have. So he was about to tell you how. So let's wait to, for the end of the instruction. Maybe the comma will be, as you are pursuing, go with the ark of the Lord and go in praise and I will be with you. Just as simple as that. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, we will bring the service to a close. Have you been blessed this evening? Let's celebrate God for his word. The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name.